0: You're listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. I don't know if y'all noticed, but Jay had me working overtime today on the drums, so I'm a little sweaty, I'm a little tired, so y'all better bring it. You understand me? Don't make me keep doing all the work, dadgummit. I had to do a lot of drumming up there. I lost a stick. <laughs> Hit myself in the head, so if this just starts taking a weird turn, just smile and nod and just ignore it because I'm concussed, okay? No, that's, that's a lot of fun. It's on our, it's on our hearts to just, uh, you know, what, what do we want to do as Christians And I'm holding on to coffee this morning because for some reason I just woke up really tired. I don't know why. But what do we want to do when things get difficult and circumstances get difficult? What do we as Christians immediately start doing? We we start getting that somber music of playing. And that stoic, just minor tone. Woe is me, Jesus. Right? That's kind of what we do. And I love that when things get the most difficult, Jay gets an itch for fast songs. Right? Because... I, lo- I love the song, uh, but the, the lines uh, in Surrounded, this is how I, or what's it called? I don't know. But this is how I fight my battles, right? That's the line. I don't know. It put him on the spot. He was in the middle of drinking too, poor guy. That's what he gets though. I lost a stick, hit my head, so he'll be fine. But this is how we fight our battles. And it's not, it's, not just, it's not all the time and, and reflective, but we need to rejoice. We need to operate and sing, and our praise needs to be reflective of the reality that we are children of victory, not children of defeat. Not children of struggle, not children of turmoil, not children in a battle. You can't be in a battle if the war's over. You hear what I'm saying? One of the best things I think Shorty Hensley ever said is that, uh, and this was just in a, in a staff meeting or a board meeting, I can't remember, but we don't fight we don't fight for territory. We just go and we occupy. We just go and we occupy. So there, there is no battle. There is no, there is no power that can stand against God's elect. Amen? Amen. So I get really excited when we get to play all those fast songs. So all that to say, you guys better bring it because I'm tired. Okay? Um, also, before we go on, uh, Danny and, and Tim, will y'all come up here and help with the offering? Okay, Just you guys got a text this week, some of you. Zach's in here. Just keep this to yourself, Zach. No spoilers or you're fired, okay? Not really. He doesn't work here, but whatever. Uh, So our our children's minister, Melissa, is is phenomenal and doing a ton of stuff. Um, And their family's in just a difficult season with, it's just, it's not a difficult season. It's just a lot in this season. It's a lot. You know, Zach is having to work a lot in other places that are not as cool as Texas. And uh, Melissa's here, and you got the girl's senior year, and Jax is Jax. And so he is just like, there's just always something new with Jax. You know, like we got a text two weeks ago, hey, I might be late to church. I think Jax is going to lose like all of his front teeth. It's like, what? Him and a girl decided to have a headbutton contest, and he lost Girl was fine. Girl was great. Jax was not. His teeth were all wobbly, and so anyway. So this is just kind of the life of Melissa. And they have they have a surgery coming up this week for Mariah, and she was just you could see the stress upon her just with everything that's going on. And she just you know how it is when when you've got a lot of stuff going on, the small things feel like big things, right? And this surgery, it's not an expensive surgery in relation to the medical field that we're all accustomed to but it was still it's just one more thing to weigh on melissa and when we're she's talking about this and we can just i can feel the heaviness that's on her um and the lord just said just take care of it I said yes sir just told her right then and there just stop because what's the enemy trying to do he's trying to get us to take a step backwards. And Melissa has such favor over there in that school. She subs all the time in the elementary and just hangs out with those kids all day long. But what if, if you're stressed about finances, what does subbing become? It, be, it becomes a, a, just another way to get money. It, it's, not, it's not, the focus is gone, right? And that's what the enemy's been trying to do. And she's been fighting it. She's been defending it. Uh, the ground that the Lord has given her very, very well, but... Today is a day for her to know that she does not stand in her corner alone. She knows this. We know this. There's not a person in this room that stands alone. Not a one of you stands alone. But it is nice to be reminded. Amen. It is nice to be reminded. So we didn't take up offering because we're going to take up an offering for her uh, this morning. You guys got the text about it. And I'm going to pray as the plates are going around. Just just give what the Lord says. leads you to give. But we just want to bless her and let her know we see you. We see what you're doing. We see the effect that you're having on our community. And not just the effect that she has on our community, the effect that she has on us as a staff. Like without Melissa, a couple of weeks ago, I had to write down a list of people, staff members. If you lost them today, you would just be gutted. And top of my list is Melissa Stevens. Because she just does so much that you guys do not see. It's beyond children's ministry. She just loves this church and she loves the community of Sundown. And so let's just bless her this morning. Amen? Amen. Amen. So I'm going to pray as the plates go around. Just give as the Lord tells you to give. We'll present that to her later. Uh, Lord, we just love you and we thank you. We thank you for Melissa. We thank you for the Stevens family, Father God, that they are here for such a time as this, not just to bless our community, not just to bless our kids, uh, not just to bless us, but so that we can bless them. Father God, being being here for such a time as this is a two-way street. Father God, they are not just here to bless us. They are here that we could bless them and love them and show them how significant they are to us. Lord, we thank You for this family that is rooted so deeply in the vision of what You're accomplishing in this community. Father God, they are in the foundations of it. We thank You that their heart has been for Sundown, Texas, Long before any of them have worked here, long before Zach was playing on the worship team, Father God, their heart has been for this city. Their heart has been for this body. Their heart has been for you to show up and do what only you can do. So Father God, I pray that this morning they would just be blessed. They would see and they would know that we are for them, that we stand with them. In every storm, in every valley, in every high, and every low, Father God, this church, this house stands with them. We will catch them if they get knocked back. That they wouldn't, We will not allow them to lose territory in Jesus' name. We will continue. If they cannot march forward on their own, we will carry them forward in Jesus' name. That the kingdom of heaven will still accomplish that which it has set out to do through the Stevens family. We bless them and we thank you for them. And we pray over Mariah, Father God, we know that there is healing in this story for her. Father God, there is not just part restoration, there is full restoration. And so, Father God, we stand in that belief, we stand in that faith, we press in for this this journey of healing, Father God, to take place in their story. Father God, we believe that there is provision and blessing in the days ahead beyond their wildest dreams, and let it start today in this room with this gift. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. You need the questions. The the church memo uh, Stevens family or Melissa or Zach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lorenda's taking care of all that good stuff. She back there. Just r- Lorinda's really the one in charge around here. I just I just show up. Will you all ready to get into it? We we're gonna fly because we got a lot of stuff to do. Okay. Oh, okay. Sorry. Okay. She was kidding. She can't tear the check while I'm talking. It's distracting. Okay. Anyways, we're we're moving quickly this morning. We got a lot to do. We got to get out of here, and then we got to go get ready for Fall Fest. And we're so excited that uh, the Lord just provided another opportunity for this to happen. Uh, And it just we had a plan, but it just wasn't the Lord's plan, and so we changed it, and now we're doing it today, and I can't wait. The weather's going to be wonderful. Uh, we get to do it at Sunset Park, and we get to join with another event, the Turkey Trot. So it's just going to be a ton of fun. So I'm excited. Y'all come out. It's going to be a blast. Uh, but this morning, just in review of what we talked about last week, a choice. Each and every day, moment by moment, we are presented with choices. We know this. You don't, I don't think we realize how many choices we make in a single day. How many choices we make in a single day. I started thinking about this a long time ago. When uh, those of you with little kids, um, the second they can start forming sentences, the questions start. And they average like, it was something insane, it was like thousands of questions a day. It was like on average, like a four-year-old will ask you 3,000 questions a day. I'm like, no way. And then I had a three-year-old. I'm like, that's, that's true. That's a real thing. That's a real thing. And I started thinking about this. I know this is funny, but I remember thinking like, this is really annoying because I'm just talking a lot more than I want to talk and I'm answering a lot of questions that I don't even know how to answer. Like questions like, what does I-F or H-G-T-Y-4 spell? I'm like, Nothing. Okay, well, what does I, it's like i got 50 of those questions. We won't land on a single word. We've got numbers and hieroglyphs that are going to make their way in there and they're trying to figure it out. But it's questions like that. And I realized that I had a choice as a parent. I had a choice as a father that I could respond a certain way. A lot of us, what do we, what do we want to do? Be quiet. Go away. Just go on. We don't want to sit there and answer a thousand questions. we got things going on, but we have a choice to make. We have a choice. In every single thing that we do, all throughout the day, we have choices that we can make. We have a choice to be kind. We have a choice to be stern. We have a choice to get angry, uh, to help or not to help, to walk in His will or to not walk in His will, to walk in our own, to stand by His side or to depart from His side. In Colossians 1.16 Uh Again, from last week, for by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. You are made for him. You are included in the all things. You are made to reflect him, to display the goodness of God, of who he is and of who has sent you. And then in the times that we are in, in the times that we are in right now, can you think of anything that is more necessary to be seen than the kindness of God. Kindness does not exist. It just doesn't exist. The second two people disagree with each other about a topic, kindness has left the building. This is the world that we live in. It's immediately hostile. Hostility immediately. If you say something and I disagree with it, I hate you, you hate me, we're separated. That's the world that we live in. And I, don't, I can't think of anything more necessary for this time other than kindness or compassion, hope, and understanding. I think this is one of the, learning to be understanding has been one of the greatest lessons I've learned as an adult. To recognize that just because someone <coughs> believes something or, or subscribes, some, subscribes to something that I disagree with, I'm going to be understanding towards them because if I lived a day in their life, I can't tell you that I would have arrived at a different place than they have arrived Right where they're at right now. Does that make sense? If I lived their life, I can't say that I would be in a different spot than I find them right now. So I have got to be understanding because I've let, never lived a day in their story and they've never lived a day in mine. Their experiences are their own and my experiences are my own. And so my understanding and their understanding can be different and we can still have an understanding between one another. We don't have to be hostile. We can be kind. But these things are lacking in our world. Kindness, compassion, hope, and understanding. And they're lacking not because they are some resource that can't be found or some resource that runs out and we've got to wait for the tank to fill back up. But because in moments where we have a choice to be kind or to be rude, to be compassionate or to be cold hearted, to be hopeful or hopeless, to be understanding or to be offended, we choose that which reflects us and not that which reflects him. We choose that which is the most familiar. And unfortunately, oftentimes what is the most familiar is our will and not his will. We reflect that which We choose that which reflects us and not Him. And we forget, church, that Jesus had a choice. He has a choice still. But every time we fall short, He is there with kindness, He's there with compassion, He's there with grace, He's there with hope, and He's there with understanding. He makes a choice for us. Knowing how many times we would turn away. The Lord sent His Son to die upon the cross for our sins knowing how many times we were going to curse His name. Knowing how many times we were going to spit on that sacrifice of Jesus to just to do what I want to do in a moment. And He still sent Him. He made the choice. And Jesus made the choice in this moment. As, as people are, are belittling Him and assaulting Him and torturing Him, He makes the choice to be for us and not against us. He makes a choice to show compassion, grace, hope, and understanding. And if he makes that choice for us, why can we not make that choice for those around us? It's it's really easy, church. And first off, before we move on, we've got to get this understood. This is a lesson that I'm going through with my 8-year-old right now. No one makes you angry. No one offends you. Those are choices. Those are choices. We've got to understand, we live in a society where if you say this, that what your words offend me, I didn't have any say in it. No, you chose offense. You don't have to be offended. Being offended is based on opinion, and opinions change, right? Getting angry is a choice. It's a choice. It's something I struggle with because it's just something, I think it's a lot. a lot of men struggle with this, but the choice was always made in anger. That's the display that I saw. And so what have I had to work on with my boys is to not choose anger in those moments. And now I'm having to teach my eight-year-old not to choose anger, right? Not to choose these things, not to choose to be offended. But he makes this choice for us. So why can't we make the same choice for those around us? Why must we know someone to extend these things to him? That is not what Jesus modeled. All people are His people. Everyone in Sundown, Texas are His people. So the real question, and and reflecting on what we talked about last week, can all people become our people? Can we count everyone, every stranger, every passerby, every person uh, that we know or don't know yet, will know, have known, and lost contact with? Can we count these people as our people? Because Jesus counts them as his. And if he's doing it, and Jesus is perfect theology, then we should be doing it, right? Counting these people as our own. We can do this because it is a choice. It is our choice. You get to choose to be for them or against them, to serve them or reject them. And so we need to choose as Jesus did, amen? So much of the issues that we face today could be remedied if we just chose to live as Jesus did. If we just chose compassion instead of frustration and offense. If we just chose to be understanding. Um, And guess what? this, This is another thing. Guess You can have a disagreement and talk about that disagreement and walk away friends and still disagree. Did you know that? Just because you disagree with someone doesn't mean you have to lose that person in your story. Okay, I'm telling you guys this and you're all shaking your head like you know this. That's great. I love that you know this. Now put it on display because the world needs to see it. It's okay. It's great if we know it in here, but do we know it and live it out there? It doesn't matter. It counts for nothing if it's just in this building. It has to be on display out there. And we, the people of God, have been sent here to be ambassadors for the kingdom of heaven, to show them what the kingdom of heaven is about. And that's one of the things that it is about. It is about this choice to live as Jesus did, to love others and be kind to others around us. And again, so many issues that we face today could be remedied if those that proclaim Jesus chose to live as Jesus did, a choice the Lord in our, our Wednesday night series has uh, just made me aware of a choice that we make because uh, i've I've been asking very naturally, as we're talking about the gifts, the gifts of the Spirit, the question I've been asking, okay Lord, we've you've got us in this series and I'm, I'm talking about these gifts, and I'm understanding these gifts, but I'm also at the same time wondering, okay, where, why have I not ever understood it like, like I'm understanding it now? I'm learning these giftings of the Spirit for what is a lot of it the first time. And I've grown up in church, and a lot, and I have not ever heard these taught the way that we're going through them. I've never studied these and found out the information that I found out on these things. And so naturally, I'm asking... the. The Lord, okay, where is this in the church? Why do these things not exist? Of, of all the Christians in all in just America, why do we not see these things and widespread? Why are, they, why are they not made manifest? Why do we not see these break out in every church? And he spoke this several weeks ago. He spoke this in response to that question. We stop short of experience. When we become satisfied with knowledge we stop short of experience when we become satisfied with knowledge does anybody need me to say it again cuz i will we stop short of experience when we become satisfied with knowledge knowledge is not a bad guy okay don't 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 hear that this morning knowledge is not the bad guy knowledge is a tool But it's that we don't use it as the Father has intended us to use knowledge. We have not used this tool that the Lord has given us in the way that He has desired us to use it. The world, church, the world worships knowledge. The world worships knowledge. There's there's a commercial. uh, I don't even know what it's about. I, I just see it on Saturdays when we're watching football. But... They're talking about podcasts, and it's this guy, and he's like, there's a podcast for that. Like somebody's getting a glass of, they're getting tea at work. He's like, you know, there's a podcast about tea. And he's in a meeting, and he's got one headphone in. She's like, are you listening to a podcast? He's like, yeah, I'm listening to a podcast on multitasking. And they're basically, there's a podcast for everything. And why is there a podcast for everything? Because we thirst and we desire to be the one that knows the most in every room. We desire knowledge. We thirst for it as our society. We thirst for knowledge. We thirst to know the most. Uh, to know the, and, and a lot of times it's things that really don't matter, like tea. Like, I don't need a podcast on tea, but uh, there are things like that. And the, the world just worships knowledge. But in the kingdom, it is not but a stepping stone to wisdom. Uh, the real treasure in the kingdom is wisdom. But what does wisdom require? Church, what does wisdom require? It requires experience. It requires knowledge that has been put into practice and turns into wisdom. I can read a book on how to weld. I can read a book on it. And I can have all the knowledge. But I become wise in the craft when I do it. Not because I finished the chapter on how to be a welder. That's not how that works. I can read about farming. I can read about the oil field. But just because I know up here doesn't mean if you take me out to an injection well that are everywhere, they're like, common, they're like weeds out here. They just sprout up overnight. You go out there, and I'm not going to be able to tell you how to, how to use it, what it really does. I just know that it's there, and it sticks up out of the ground. All that knowledge counts for nothing the second I show up, and I need to apply it. Because I had to have experience for knowledge to become wisdom. You hear what I'm saying? That's the real treasure of heaven is experience that allows knowledge to be transformed into wisdom. But we learn to become satisfied with what we've learned and don't pursue it any further. All right, I've learned this. Next topic. Moving on to the next thing. That's what we do. And unfortunately, that's what we do with the Lord. It's what we do with, uh, with the things that we need to be well-versed in when it comes to the Lord and comes to the gifts of the Spirit in this word and we miss out on experience. Experience is something the Lord knows that we need because knowledge can only get us so far. Turn with me to Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11, and we'll, we'll start in verse 1. We're not reading a lot in here. We're just reading the uh, very commonly read check, uh, section of this passage. Now, faith. Is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it the people of old received their commendation. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. By what church, by what are we convicted of the unseen? What did it say? By what are we convicted of the unseen? Somebody say it like you mean it, with your chest. There it is. Yeah, I see her saying it. She's like, somebody say it with me. Okay, faith. All right, we can start over. I'll start leaving a fill in the blank up there. Multiple choice if you guys need that much help, okay? Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things that are not seen. So how are we convicted of that which is unseen? Who? By what, church, do we understand how the universe was created? Faith. Faith. Not knowledge, but faith. And faith requires encounter and experience. Salvation is earned by no man. It was not by any of us so that no one may boast. We did not come to Jesus of our own accord. He met us and presented us this gift of faith. That we could then believe in him that he is exactly who he said he is. So, by faith, the very first encounter that you had with Jesus, he presents you faith, and faith can only increase from that place on when you continue to have encounter. If I tell you to just have faith, are you just gonna magically be able to create it in that moment? No, that's not how that works. That's how the world, and unfortunately, that's how the church has adopted the understanding of faith, is that it just shows up when you need it. It's not a genie in a bottle. It doesn't just show up when you rub the lamp. If you do not spend time with God, the place where faith originates, an encounter with the living God, if you do not have a relationship, if you do not experience Him on a regular basis, your faith will not increase. And you will come to a moment where great faith is required, and you will not have enough and you will fall because you made the choice. This is something missing in our world. We try desperately right now. This is one of the biggest issues that we face with our kids right now in this generation that's growing up, is we've removed the consequences of an action. If you choose this, it typically, if you chose this, this is what you got. But now what have we done? We've pulled that. So now you do this, you might get this, you might get that, you might get that, you might get that, you might get that. It's not doing anybody any favors. So you need to recognize as a Christian that you have a choice and that choice is yours. You choose him or you don't. You say yes to him or you don't. If you don't spend time with him, if you do not invest, if you do not pour your life into into this this Father that has saved you, that has given His only Son for you. If you do not spend time with Him, your faith will not increase and a moment will come when great faith is required and you won't have it. Faith requires encounter and it requires experience. Experiencing and encounter God being exactly who He said He was. What good is knowledge when it comes to the unseen? Search. Just think about that for a second. Where, if we're talking about the gifts of the Spirit, where do all of those originate? In the Spirit. Can you see him? Can you see wisdom floating in the room? No, you can't. All the gifts of the Spirit start in the unseen. And if you don't have faith in the unseen because you're dependent on knowledge and knowledge can only, can only tell you so much about that which it cannot see, you will never experience God in the way that you're meant to. You will never see the power of the Spirit because your faith is not in Him. Your faith is in the knowledge that you have. Your faith is in yourself. Knowledge can get you started, but that's it. We are meant to push past knowledge into a place of encounter and experience. Again, let's just look at the gifts of the Spirit. In 1 Corinthians 12, 4-11, it lists them out. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit To another, the working of miracles, to another, prophecy, to another, the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another, various kinds of tongues, to another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. What are these called again? What did we just read? What are they called? The gifts of the Spirit the Spirit who is unseen, and His gifts begin in the unseen. So to operate in the gifts, I have to be familiar with that which is unseen, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But currently, church, because we have become satisfied with knowledge, and this is something, I, I, this is something that has existed within me that I've had to repent of, okay? I'm not bringing this to you uh, pointing fingers. I'm, I'm just telling you this is something that I've already been in. And this is something that we do. Because we have, our pursuit has been knowledge and not experience, what ends up happening is we end up reading testimony of the gifts of the Spirit, testimony of when they've shown up in different churches and in different people, or even people coming in here and giving us testimony uh, of the gifts of the Spirit and evidence and different encounters that they had. And what we do is we learn that testimony and we put it in the bank. We count it as our own and we become satisfied with that knowledge as though we experienced it. That is one of the leading causes as to why I believe the gifts of the Spirit have not existed in the church uh, the way they're meant to exist. Not widespread, but small. And small doses and momentary doses. But the Lord, the Lord said, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons, and raise the dead. When? He didn't give a timeline. He didn't say on every other Sunday. He didn't say in the springtime. He didn't say He was going to do it in these churches only. He said, this was a mandate for all Christians because He knew the power that He was releasing to us. The Spirit of God. That if we would step into it in fullness, but unfortunately, because we are satisfied with knowledge, we read testimony of the unseen being made manifest. Miracles, healing, deliverance, prophecy... And we count these testimonies as our own, never to actually experience it for ourselves. And this is not the purpose of testimony, church. You know this, we know this. But rather as we read it, as we hear of testimony, that we would become encouraged to step into this same work for ourselves to step into the same spirit to engage with God in the same way to experience him in the same way for ourselves to have our own experience and our own testimony. We can no longer church, we can no longer stop ourselves short of experience. It's time the Lord has just said in this in this week that it is time for our testimonies to explode as you experience God in new ways. No longer satisfied with knowledge, but pressing ahead to experience. Church the world needs a people of God that are rich and full of testimony of him being exactly who he said he is. Mm-hmm. That when they say, well, God doesn't still perform miracles, like false, actually in me he did this, that was a miracle. Or in my wife he did this, a miracle, my kids, a miracle. Not just in my friends. Church, it's time to claim this stuff for yourself. To step into experience for yourselves, no longer clinging to the testimony of those around you, but allowing your testimony to shine. You are a light, a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. You are. We are collectively and you are individually. Do you hear what I'm saying? And it is time for us to have our own testimony of experiencing God and to cease this, this satisfaction with knowledge. Because the world does not need more people that are just full of knowledge. It needs wisdom made manifest. It needs people that operate because of the experience that they've had with knowledge that stand. The Lord never intended. This is something we need to understand too. The Lord never intended for your only claim and your your only root in Him being real and who He says He is to be this book. That is not what He intended. He intended you to experience everything that this book talks about. Not to just claim it, well, when Paul was on the road, to, no, no, no. Jesus showed up in, to me in my bedroom. I saw him. Or on the road, I experienced him. Not the testimonies of others. The testimonies of others are meant to draw you in deeper, to deeper places. Don't become satisfied with knowledge. Do you hear what I'm saying? Be Be satisfied only with encounter and experience of God being exactly who He says He is. Because you want to know why people are leaving the church? Because they're not experiencing everything we're talking about. You hear what I'm saying? That's why I left the church. I left the church freshman year in college. I was like, I'm done with this crap. And I thought it. I thought it to be garbage. Because I... the. The people in this book didn't match the people that were preaching about this book. That was a problem for me. And it wasn't until I—it wasn't because I experienced the people that were operating in the fullness of who God had called them to be. I didn't experience that. That's not what brought me back. I encountered Him. I experienced Him. I had all the knowledge in the world, and you know what it did? It caused me to leave. Because I was satisfied with that and not experience. And it wasn't until I experienced the real and living God that I walked back to Him and have a relationship with Him. Church, it is about experience. And the world around us needs a people who experience God. Experience Him for who He is. So my message to you this morning is again, do not stop short of experience because you've allowed yourself to become satisfied with knowledge. And if you want experience, engage Him and ask Him for it. Lord, I want to experience you. I want to experience your heart. I want to experience who you say that you are. I don't want to just know about who you say that you are. I want to experience who you say that you are. Today we have an opportunity to do that. God is good. And He is kind. Amen? And this community has an opportunity to experience that by our hands but not just today each and every day but do you know that he's good do you know that he's kind because that's what you read or because that's what you've experienced I pray that as you leave this morning you would know that he is good you would know that he is kind not because Parker told you not because your neighbor told you to not because it says it in this book because you've encountered his goodness you've encountered his kindness you hear what I'm saying? This is what we need, church. This is what the world around us needs. It doesn't need more knowledge. It needs more experience. Can we be those people? Can we be those in West Texas who will step into experiencing God? The Israelites, when the Lord said to move forward, what was the first thing that happened? They experienced a miracle. So I'm telling you, if you will just step forward If you will step into that which the Lord has called you into, not just satisfied with knowing about it, but step into it, you will encounter the miraculous. Whatever you're facing, whatever struggle is in your story, whatever you're hoping for, whatever you're praying for, it is behind the door of experience. It is behind the door of great faith and trusting that the Lord paid a price for you to be able to call upon His name and Him answer you. So step into it. Trust Him. Engage in relationship that you can trust Him and know that He's good, not because you read about it, but because you've experienced it for yourself. Amen? Thanks for listening to this message. For more resources, visit sundownchurch.com.